interesting review panel today. We talk about the upcoming auction at NamesCon, highlight some domains there. We um, really highlight some marketing insights. Jeff Sass is always amazing at that. Amanda Waltz discusses not one, but two recent two-letter.com sales. We discuss the Chinese market, actually get into the Russian market just a tish. And we have a new Sherpa, Sherpa many of you already know, Omar Bake. Enjoy the show. Hey, Sherpa Network, good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and today we're doing a Domain Sherpa review panel. This is the show where we get into the minds of successful domain name investors using real examples so we can learn strategies and tactics to become better investors ourselves. We have three segments to the review. We'll start off learning what the Sherpas recently bought or sold and discuss a bit of market value today and how uh, they make those judgments. Next, we'll discuss domains going to auction soon at the NamesCon Live auction uh, via GoDaddy on September 10th. Um, and after that, uh, we'll discuss a bit more about NamesCon, the conference, what's going on with each of these thought leaders, and take it from there. Uh, joining us today on the Domain Sherpa Review are two past Sherpas and one new, very exciting. Uh, joining us today, uh, ladies first, Amanda of Saw.com. How you doing, Amanda? Doing great, thanks. How about you? Fabulous. I always like having you on and I know you've done all your research. I have uh, done a bit of research, yes, and I love being here. So thanks for having me again. A delight. And Jeff Sass, let's see your dot club swag today. What you wearing? I knew it. Yeah, that. Yeah, you always got the swag. Uh, and, I, and I'm in our, our new virtual New York City office with the beautiful view of the Empire State Building. All the way from Fort Lauderdale. All the way from Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> great uh, smog-free air to see that view. Impressive. And uh, introducing Omar. Omar, actually, Omar Bake. Is that how you say your name? Oh, uh, it's perfect. Perfect, yes. Perfect. You hear that, kids? Um, so Omar and I have chatted for years. Uh, Omar, you are a full-time domain investor. And I love, you're one of the cool kids uh, at all the conferences who go running. Um, <laughs> yes, he's one of those. Um, and you really, it seems like domaining, you have various ventures, but mostly you just buy and sell your domains uh, to support your lifestyle of athleticism, triathlons. Um, but you have a recent venture, a multiforce.com in beta right now. Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, so um, one thing I've I've noticed about the domaining community from the early days, and I'm going back like 15 plus years, is it's always been a tight knit community. I mean, some of those friendships I developed back then, I still, you know, have now. And uh, even though sometimes we may not see each other for years, we just instantly reconnect. And um, and you know, some of my most memorable experiences in domaining have come from, you know, things like when I was at NamesCon, uh, we went on a group run and, you know, we did this impromptu pull-up contest. I mean, just silly things like that, that, you know, really uh, stick with you, you know, that, that 
human uh, connection. And so I thought, well, you know, why, why only have that once a year or twice a year? You know, like uh, we all have so much knowledge and experience. I mean, I have 15 plus years in the industry uh, and others have, you know, more, as much or more. And uh, th there's just so much that we can learn from each other, right? Like, and, uh, you know, while we don't have time for, you know, uh, a lot of free time, uh, the purpose of that platform is really to uh, make things more efficient for everybody in terms of growing their business and connecting. Like, I started it because I wanted to, to connect with people in the industry that I know and respect. And what I learned through that is that um, it's growing my business uh, in ways that I didn't realize and I hope could grow their business as well. Uh, and, and so that was really, you know, what was behind it. And I think that um, there's, you know, so much happening in the industry that we don't know about that, uh, you know, through some sort of knowledge exchange, you know, can come to light. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of community how. is definitely key. And I think it's really exciting that you're getting started on that. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And if anyone is listening who doesn't know, when he says we went on a run, he means a 10 mile run that in the middle of just wasn't challenging enough. So all these domainers paused and did an impromptu <laughs> pull up contest, then resumed their run. <laughs> So, well, you have to join us next time on that. Yeah. I'm totally joining. I'm not doing any pull-ups, but uh -huh. I'm in. Jeff, Amanda? I'll, I'll join, but I'll be wearing pull-ups. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I may ride a bike alongside you. I'm not a runner, but I, I do like to um, cycle. So, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you can have the, um, what, the megaphone and be encouraging. Yes, then. that's Great idea. <laughs> I like for the non for the non parents listening, you can tell them what pull ups are. <laughs> I thought you meant for the millennials listening. Millennials <laughs> <laughs> easy to get up out of their chair wearing the pull ups. <laughs> now that's domain or dedication right there. <laughs> Ooh, this, this is not going where I intended. All right. <laughs> Let's get started. Uh, first section, what's new Sherpas? So um, I know you all know the drill. You're going to share a purchase or sale you've made preferably in the past few weeks with no price, no background info. Um, it's not about being correct when the other Sherpas guess. It's more about the other Sherpas explaining their thought process and today's market in where and why they think it may be at that valuation. Um, so let's get started. I have a million screens open. Anybody know who's up first? I think it might have been me. All right. Well, Jeff, you sound very brave. <laughs> let's go, baby. Okay. Well, of course, I'm going to uh, mention a recent Doc Club sale. And this was a sale, and the name is ND.club. So Nancy David.club, a two character club domain nd.club okay nd.club little different uh got a challenge there for you guys and so this i think we can ask was a registry reserve 
Uh, uh, this was a, it's a premium name that was, although it's, uh, it's a registry owned premium name, it was in our registrar channel. So it's one of our tiered premium names that are available through a registrar. So I will say without giving anything away, but the name was sold by a registrar, not by us. Okay. And does it have a regular reserved. renewal fee? Yes. All of Doc Club's premium names, whether you pay $100 or $100,000 or a million dollars, the renewal is going to be the standard fee, which is around 15 or 20 bucks a year. Excellent. Okay. Good to know. All right. Amanda, go easy on Omar. You can guess first. Okay. Um, because I'm so dot-com centric and um, we actually did do a couple of um, two-letter dot-coms last month and I know what those sold for. I'm gonna take a guess and say high five figures, low six figures. That's my guess. I don't have an exact number. Okay. Um, and would you say dot clubs generally are 10% of a dot-com? Um, yes, I, I would typically, unless it's some, um, the end user's name. Um, for example, if somebody was going to call their, their company, um, domains club, for example, um, you know, if it's something like that and they're using it as, um, a shortener or not even really a shortener, if they're using it as, um, a domain hack, then, you know, I think that it, it could be um, a little bit more, but in general, the way that I counsel my clients um, is that for, depending upon the, the TLD, um, you know, we look at some comparable sales data, we try and, you know, figure out what's going to get the current registrant's attention. And um, yeah, typically that's how I would approach something like this. Cool, thanks. All right, Omar, what do you think? Oh, okay, I, I was thinking about the context of two-letter domains. And uh, when I look back, I mean, you know, I used to own a, a two-letter.com that I sold years ago. And I sold it for a small profit, but it's just a reminder of, you know, how valuable, uh, you know, really short domains are. Uh, and I think companies just, you know, love these uh, really short domains. Um, if you look at most of the two letter dot coms, I think they're they're in China's hands now. Um, so to me, if it's two letters, it's valuable. I don't care. I mean, you know, regardless of the extension, of course, dot com would be the most valuable. But my point is that uh, I think people underestimate how valuable really, really short domains are. I mean, if you look back in the industry, all you had to do is just acquire and hold two letter dot coms and or three letter dot coms and you would be you know retired today right just that one strategy you didn't need to buy and sell a lot you didn't need to trade you didn't need to do a whole you know 10 different things just that one strategy would have been like a winning strategy so i'm gonna go a little higher i'm gonna go uh 150 to 200k okay all right all right i think both very reasonable guesses. And Amanda, I'm dying to hear more about your two letter.com, two two letter.com sales recently. But Jeff, this is your moment and nd.club. I already yeah. see. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to get uh, both Amanda and Omar to broker our next sale because um, it was not quite as high as, as you guys estimated. Now, part of the reason for that is 
and I've mentioned this here on Domain Sherpa before, we took as a strategy at Dot Club, we took a lot of our um, five-figure five domains and lowered their prices so that they could be sold through the registrar channel because the registrars are not going to handle, you know, 20 and 30 and $40,000 domains, <clears throat> excuse me, except in the aftermarket. And we find that the, the value of the exposure you get when a premium name comes up in search results at a registrar far outweighs uh, um, what we can do, you know, just through the aftermarket channels. So we chose, since we have a lot of inventory, including a lot of inventory of, of two-letter dot club domains, we chose to lower those prices and move them into the registrar channel. And what we don't get in an individual high price sale, we make up for in volume because the volume is much greater. So that being said, uh, nd.club sold for $6,958. So just under $7,000, which was a good price for that name. And what's interesting too, is it's sold by RU Center, which is a registrar in Russia. And it's interesting because Russia, you know, dot club is a global domain. The word club is recognized virtually all over the world. And Russia has actually been quite a good market for us for premium name sales and end user sales, people who are actually using those names. Um, recently, we featured a website, agro.club, which is a platform for farmers in Russia, and dino.club, which is an educational site about dinosaurs. So Russia has been a very good market. So I don't know who the actual end user is for nd.club, but I'll look forward to, to seeing that. But I think um, Russia has been a good market and that was a good sale for the buyer and for us. Because like I said, you know, we have tremendous volume in terms of inventory. So selling lots of names at $7,000 is better than selling one name at you know $50,000. Interesting, especially if that gives them the space to actually create a business and grow the dot club um, acceptance among end users. And really interesting about Russia. So they do have a website up already, very little, um, but it's about, uh, and funny Omar, just like you were talking, it was about coming together community for, um, you know, different concepts, disciplines, and cultures intersecting um, so that it's some type of, you know, membership-based connection and club um so that yeah, and that's the that's the strength of an extension that has some meaning behind it is is you know dot club immediately represents community and we've seen even during the pandemic we've seen a lot of new communities crop up online and businesses who are using a dot club for that very reason there's one that's actually we've been playing with called stream.club that was another premium sale a few weeks ago stream s-t-r-e-a-m and they're they built a platform on top of Zoom to enable you to monetize your Zoom calls. So let's say you're a fitness instructor or someone who's been turning your lessons online via Zoom. There's no component built into Zoom for you to monetize that and actually charge for your classes. So they built a platform where you can actually monetize and charge for your Zoom meetings, which is kind of interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, tell me for a minute, I don't know, what was the name of this Russian registrar? The, the registrar? Oh, RU Center. Oh, RU Center. RU Center, yeah. Um, yeah, I do know that one. And is there anything that, um, you know, do they have drops or is there anything that the average domain investor would want to know about this registrar? Or is it more just um, for 
um, registries who want to do business and have their their well it's it's one of the larger if not the largest registrars in russia i believe and and they do have a large client base of actual small businesses and businesses and end users so a lot of the sales we've done through them have gone you know into the hands of end users and not just domain investors okay so but how does the average domain investor either list a domain here or get a drop from here do you know I don't know offhand, but I'm sure if you go to RU Center, you can find that out. And, um, you know, they're pretty active at a lot of the, well, ICANN meetings are now online, so you could probably reach out to them that way, but. Um, Good call. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Tess. Uh, going back to, you know, the value of two letter domains, right? So uh, I have a domainer friend uh, who's on multiforest.com. He, uh, about 10 years ago, he sold a two-letter.com for 10 million. I can't reveal the name, but um, what I like about, you know, these really, really short names is the upside, right? Like uh, recently in the news, there's some talk about 88.com selling for 50 million. Um, if there is a domain to sell for 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 million, there's a decent chance it would be a two-letter.com, right? So I'm just a... Uh, a huge fan of these really, really rare uh, short names. Yeah, and when you get into two two letter domains, regardless of the extension, the the value is not just the fact that it's short in two letters, but there are so many different potential applicants because right, great the, point. The name, the 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 businesses that those two letters could stand for can run the gamut, you know. So so it's one of those names, and not only is it short but a two letter domain has many, many potential end users. So that obviously helps bring the price up. Yeah, and there's just like 88 is, you know, probably the most valuable two letters for the Chinese market because of the, their, they really um, value numerology and 88 is, you know, lucky in life and uh, all that good stuff. Um, in the Russian market, are there any particular letters that are good or bad? Uh, or is it pretty much the same as the rest of the world? Well, you know, it goes both ways because they have their own uh, character set. So, so there are IDNs in Russia as well, but obviously uh, a lot of businesses still use English words and English letters. Uh, you know, like I said, we've had many um, businesses in Russia using a dot club name, including at one time a, a major supermarket chain was using a dot club domain, you know, in English um, huh. for their name too. Oh, that's cool. Very, uh, very interesting. All right. Thank you. Uh, Amanda, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on twoletter.coms considering you just sold a couple of them. You got to wait your turn. She's, I don't know what domain she's going to reveal that she bought her. Okay, school. fair enough. Fair but after that, we'll, if, if she doesn't get into it, then, then we'll, we'll pressure her. Why don't we just change up the order? Amanda, are you comfortable going next? I am. Um, and I wasn't actually going to talk about those two. I was actually going to talk about a three letter.com um, that we helped one of our clients acquire. Um, and it's M U O dot com m u o okay all right m like mary u o dot com um acquired on behalf of a client what do you guys yeah yep. what do you guys think uh uh okay i'm gonna go with uh 50 to 100k uh 
I think, um, you know, three letters have a floor of, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 K, uh, even for the most rare, you know, the most rarely used, you know, three letter combinations. Um, and given that it was a client, i.e. I'm zooming end user, which is an assumption, but a likely assumption, uh, I think 50 to 100 K is a, a good range for that name. Okay, thanks. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? M-U-O. I'm trying to think if it has any meaning in another language, too. But, um, you know, I'm going to go. So you're a shrewd. Amanda's a shrewd seller and a shrewd buyer. So I'm going to say that she got it. She did good for her client. So I'm going to say around 37,000. Ooh, okay. 37,000. Very specific. I like it. And you're right. You know, there's not only the market factors, but if you're acting on behalf of the buyer or the seller and your negotiation skills therein. All right, Amanda, drum roll. Uh, Jeff, that would have been, that would have been amazing. Um, the client, <laughs> that, I think. Um, yeah, it definitely was not um, that low. I, to, to all of your points, what I would say is there is definitely a wholesale market um, for threeletter.coms. And I think we've all watched over the past, even four or five years, we've watched that um, fluctuate tremendously, um, both up and down. Um, right now, I have to agree with Omar that um, they're more on the higher end of high five figures, low six figures. Um, and we've been fortunate to sell a few over the past few months um, on behalf either buying or selling for clients um, in the low six figures. Um, I can't say the exact amount, but it is a little bit higher than what um, Omar had um, suggested. It, it was in the low six figures, so not quite a hundred. Um, I mean, not quite. It, it was over a hundred, but but just by um, a bit. And you know the the owner um, thirty seven thousand, and then we were both right. <laughs> <laughs> the former registrant um, has held that name for a long time, and he's also a very um, strong negotiator. So it was um, you know it didn't take a tremendous amount of time for the end user who was the purchaser to decide, um, you know, to, to meet, um, meet him where he was at as far as the value for the seller. Um, but yeah, we were happy to get a deal done for our buyer. And I think the seller was um, happy at the end of the day as well. Yeah. And it sounds like, and I think this is often the case with three letters, that the buyer was very specific, that they weren't looking at a range of options they wanted that name, is that right? They did. Um, you know, when we were having a little bit of a, a challenge in getting them to come up to the actual asking price that the seller wanted, um, obviously we're, we're trying to do what's best for our client, um, but we also try to show them other options, um, you know, whether at, it's different TLD extensions, um, whether it could be, um, you know, that, that acronym, plus another word, if it's part of their business. Um, you know, there's lots of ways that you can work with clients like that. For ex example, you know, we could have done MUO services or MUO corp or there, there's just lots of different ways. But at the end of the day, um, I have always told my clients and our team always tells their clients that it's in your best interest to get the shortest, most memorable um, domain name 
for whatever your application is. Um, and especially if you're going um, into a mobile app or anything, you're trying to shorten it um, as best as you can. So yeah, for sure, um, we tried to get them to do other options, but at the end of the day, I think we got them their best option. Um, and although they needed to stretch a little bit to meet the seller's expectations, again, I think everybody was, um, was happy at the end of the day. Good. Um, yeah, that's, that's the way it goes. And a three letter like that, I can't think of a ton of uses or meanings in other languages or anything, but that's the kind of name as a seller, you just hold on to, and eventually somebody's going to need those three letters. Um, so well played all around. Good job. Uh, and there's, did you encounter, sometimes you really encounter this emotional connection of a seller who's owned it for so long. And sometimes they develop these ideas in their head of they'll never let it go for under a certain amount or um, this emotional barrier to letting it go. Did you encounter any of that or not so much this time? This, this seller, um, you know, has a fair amount of three-letter dot-coms um, in their inventory, and they've been around, uh, you know, the industry for quite some time. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, you know, I actually thought we weren't going to get this done um, for a few days, and then, um, you know, the the buyer actually did come up a, a, a bit more and sometimes you just reach that seller on that particular day and you know either they're in a really good mood or they decided they want to buy something else you know there's lots of different motivations um so you know whatever whatever the rationale was that day we we hit it at the right time good for you yeah that's at the end of the day that's that's what counts all right omar it's your moment Okay, so uh, I recently bought multiforce.com and would be very curious to, to see what you guys value it at. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, in terms of, do you consider that a one word or a two word? Would you like, are you branding that as capital M multi and then capital F or lowercase f for uh, cap Capital F. Um, so capital M, uh, capital F. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess you could view it as either one word or two. Um, um, I just like the, the way it sounds, you know, it just has okay. a resonation for me that I like. Okay. What do you two think that he bought it for? Multi-force. I am going to go with 2,500. Yeah, I think um, I was definitely thinking under five also. So do I want to go over or under Amanda? Which, which, which side of the coin do I want to play? Um, I'm going to go under and say 1,750. Okay, seventeen fifty. All right, Omar. Well, uh, apparently they're both uh, very close. Uh, I paid uh, twelve hundred for it. Okay. Um, yeah, but That's you know the interesting thing is, uh, after I launched the site, I, I got an offer for like four thousand. But um, you know, I, I'm not interested in selling it. At, you know, I would rather you know build out that brand and. Uh, use it, um, which brings up an interesting point, right? Let's say you this you know this isn't you know my 
you know, uh, this is not a particularly super valuable domain, but imagine if you did have one, and imagine if you developed it and that site became successful, uh, but you got an offer from an end user for a lot of money, you know, how that's a trade-off you have to make, right? So um, it's always interesting when you decide to develop one of your own names um, and how that could end up turning out. That's yeah, I mean, if you're committed to the concept behind it, you sort of have to be prepared to be taking it off the market because if you're trying to build a brand, you really, that takes time and energy and effort and money and you don't want to, shifts uh, you know shift from it midstream and have to consider oh all right just spend a year and a half building up multi-force but now i can you know take some money off the table and start all over again that's that you know there's costs involved in that so i think if you're going to develop it i think you should be committed to not selling it, at least until you want to sell the business you're developing um I, I, tell me where this offer came from um, so I know that media options frequently will yeah. acquire a name that for its own portfolio that's never really been on the market um, yeah. or the um, seller is difficult to contact. And after we've acquired it, we've yeah. often just received unsolicited offers because someone or multiple people even have been watching it for uh, who is changed to hopefully get a hold of someone. Um, so why why do you think where did this offer come from? Yeah, that, that's a Not great listed question. anywhere. I'm a oh uh, well um, well let me talk about the acquisitions first. So I, I didn't know about this name and it came through a domainer friend of mine that uh, is very sharp and always keeping an eye out for what's in the market. And so he. Uh, let me know it was for sale and you know I ended up buying it um, no but the offer came from uh, 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 doing some outbound that had already been in play before I launched the site um, so uh, there was some outbound work being done before I uh, launched uh, multiforce.com so initially you thought you'd sell it and then you decided to develop it. Yeah, exactly. It was not a name that I planned to develop. Um, sometimes you overlook the thing, you know, you know, the assets that you already have. And I was thinking, you know, well, I already have this name. It's a great name. Why not use that, you know, uh, as opposed to having to go and acquire a name or, you know, uh, something like that. Yeah, makes sense. Huh. Well, good for you. And, yeah, and the other thing is I, I wanted to go with, you know, even though it's about, you know, community, knowledge exchange, growing your business, uh, you know, I, I wanted to pick something outside of the traditional domain this, domain that, right? Like I wanted something distinct, unique. Um, and the idea of multi-force was that, you know, like this collective knowledge, right? This collective insight. Um, you know, just going back to how I acquired the name, it was through a friend that, you know, referred it to me. Um, so I think there's just so much opportunity for collaboration in the industry. I mean, there, you know, whether it's working with brokers or uh, other domainers, you know, it's like, there are so many names I come across that I may not be able to acquire myself, but if I refer it to somebody else, it could be a fit for them. You know? I mean, basically what I'm saying is, even after all these years, it's still a very small industry. And if we can facilitate 
business amongst each other and knowledge exchange amongst each other. I think everybody wins. Yeah. I want to know what would you sell it for? At what price would you rebrand? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, it's got so much traction now that, you know, it would be hard to sell it for anything less than a lot of money. I mean, I would have to think about it because the brand is working. You, you know, like sometimes you start a name, a company with a name or a business with a name and it just doesn't click with people for whatever reason, uh, this one does. And uh, um, I wouldn't want to derail the track that it's on, you know. And, and I would use that as a negotiating tactic. I would totally like use that in the negotiation. You know? I think that's really key for understanding when we approach someone to buy a domain or when we're talking to um, someone interested in acquiring a domain who already has some brand presence to know what traction is already there, what momentum is already there. Um, just the laws of physics apply to your cash flow too. Um, and that's a, a key component where a domain adds um, a lot of value. Um, so anyway, all right, let's take a minute. Um, we are going to uh, pause for a moment, hear from our advertisers who support us in our mission to educate the domain name community. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y, FT.com. So time for the next uh, section here. We're gonna look at domains in the marketplace, specifically going on uh, the GoDaddy auction at NamesCon in a very short amount of time, September 10th. Um, uh, I think we totally switched the order up. So anyone can see these names at, if you go to auctions.godaddy.com, and then you just click on the tab and it takes you over to the NamesCon event. Um, they've been adding names, but I think they're probably done at this point is my guess. Uh, so we have just a good list here. And since we fooled around with our order and omar.ca happens to oh, be available. I, okay, so I have to comment on that when, when, when it's my turn. <laughs> so it's it's your turn. Know. I think that means you should go first. Okay, so interesting story about, uh, uh, about that. It reminds me, years ago, uh, Adam Strong uh, contacted me saying, hey, Omar, did you know omar.com is expiring and there's very little interest in that name? And at the time, I don't know what was going on, but I, um, I didn't take, uh, I didn't acquire the name. And that would be like one of those cases where, you know, one that got away, right? Because now that name would be worth, I think at least 25, you know, or more. Um, so when I saw omar.ca, it totally reminded me of that. Um, I like, uh, I mean, Omar is a, a very common name in certain countries, you know, um, it's, it's not a popular name, but it is used in a variety of countries. Uh, and so uh, that one stood out. And then 
for me, the other two that stood out are Recharged and Let.com. So Recharged, I like because everybody's so stressed, overworked, crunched for time. Um, I, I think Recharged is probably the best bargain in there, in my uh, opinion. Uh, I think it could be used in a multitude of different ways. Um, just look at how sleeping.com, snoring.com sold for a million dollars, uh, I think it was last year. Uh, so recharged is in my mind, the bargain in that let.com I like because of the upside. I mean, nobody would be shocked if that name one day sold to an end user for half a million, right? Or more. So, uh, those were like the three that really caught my eye. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Let.com. You have any thoughts on pricing? Uh, in terms of how much uh, it will sell for, or uh, yeah, what would you would recommend that it's someone bid, or what you would recommend it be listed to an end user for? Okay, so th this is how I think about it. Um, let's say let's say you have cash sitting in your bank, right, and you don't want to put it in into Google or Apple because they're already like trillions of dollars. Uh, you know, in their valuation. Um, you don't want to invest in real estate because the timing may not be right. Uh, but you you realize, you know, there's hyperinflation potentially coming down the road. And so you want your money to be, to be put to good use, right? So I would view let.com as a, a purchase where if I can acquire that name and if I can sit on that name for five years or 10 years, uh, I have no doubt I could get a multiple of what I paid for, you know, so I, I would pay uh, potentially 50 to 100 K for that name. If I had the time horizon of five to 10 years where I could just forget about it. And, um, and then let me add in one uh, tip, a very uh, good broker told me, uh, which some of you will know, but a lot of you will not realize, which is, um, for your premium names, when you have it on a pay-per-click page, you have to put, uh, in my opinion, you, ha you have to put that this name is for sale to let end users know. I mean, even today, after all these years, there are a lot of end users. This is coming directly from the broker who works with a lot of end users. He's like, even today, after all these years, if an end user comes to types in your name and he just sees links, he will not, a lot of them will assume it's not for sale. Whereas if they, the moment they see that there's that link, click here if interested make, to make an offer or to contact the owner, it's a simple thing you can do that they could completely uh, result in a sale. Very nice. All right, good info. Thanks, Omar. Uh, Jeff, you're up next. What are okay. your 96 domains on this auction? And uh, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of alternative TLDs, not a ton. Uh, some .eu, .es, .icu, .bond. None of the uh, none of the alternative uh, extensions jumped out at me, to be honest, on okay. this list. Um, so I was more in favor of this list in, in some of the .com names. Um, I agree with Omar. I, I, one of my favorite names on the list was definitely recharge.com, especially because there's so many. As I mentioned earlier, you know, the value of a name sometimes if you're selling is is having lots of potential buyers and recharged is such a charged word, pun intended, uh, because there are so many potential meanings. When I think of recharged, obviously battery power is, is, is huge today. 
from battery powered vehicles and transportation to recharging our phones and devices. But recharge also has that health and fitness aspect to it. You know, I'm, I'm rested, I'm recharged, I'm feeling recharged. So it's just one of those words that I think has, has so many good meanings and it's a very positive kind of empowered word. So I can see a lot of different um, branding potentials for recharge.com. So I liked that one a lot. Um, one of the interesting things, and you touched on this earlier, Tess, about when you asked Omar whether he was capitalizing force in, in multi-force. When you look at a list of domains like this and just scrolling through uh, 96 names at once, what I noticed, and maybe it's just my marketer brain, is, is I like main name that actually domains that also look good when you read them. And some of these domains, even though they're good domains, they don't read well because it's easy to see them as diff something different than they are. And I think that from a marketing perspective, as a marketing tip for new domainers and the people who've owned these names, when you're presenting them, even when you're presenting them on a landing page for sale, um, you want to, even though the browser window doesn't care and it's case insensitive, you want to highlight if it's a two word or a three word domain, you want to make sure that you use caps or, or fonts and things to highlight those breaks in names. Because some of these words, I mean, even when you look at, therapy.org versus therapists.org. Therapist is a word that has always bothered me when read because if you read it, you can misread it as something that means something very, very different. And so when I have to look at those two, I think therapy is much stronger because you don't have that problem when reading it. And even things like um, um, get ripped. When I was reading it, I saw, I saw the word trip, like the word trip stood out in my head. And so I wasn't seeing get ripped. I was seeing something with trip in it. So it's really important when you're presenting these for sale or if you're using them as a brand, if it's a multiple word domain, you want to make it visually the way you want it to be read. And sometimes that's not the case when they're all lowercase letters. So you're absolutely right. Now, I know that auctions in general have a standard so that people don't misread or think, you know, uh, an I, a lo uh, an uppercase I is a lowercase L, um, things like that. Um, and a lot of the auctions have an option where you can click and see it in all caps or see it in all lowercase. Um, do you, how significant do you think that is between how the auction needs to present it versus how an actual, either a domain investor individually selling it or a, um, an end user marketing it? I mean, I think that anyone who's trying to sell it, including the auctioneers, the, 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 anything they can do to improve its perceived value is going to help. So when you look at some of these, I'm just glancing because it's up in front of me, equities online, you know, it's, it's such a long, it's just a lot of letters on the screen and it would be so much easier for that to jump out at me if E and, and O were capitalized in that presentation, even this listing here. And I, where I might scroll by it because it just looks like a long lot of letters, I would clearly see that name, Equities Online. I don't mean to pick on that one. It's just the one that's on the screen in front of me. So I think it would be helpful even if, if the um, auction platforms did that too. I know they want to have some standards, but sometimes it's, yeah. it's helpful, especially with the longer domains or two-word domains. Oh. Uh, but back to the ones I like. So Recharge was probably one of my favorites. And then there are some here that are not going to be, you know, um, super high value names, but they're great names. And I think they're very usable for end users. I liked Hockey Genie uh, only because Genie is such a great 
descriptive word for, you know, a, a fan or, or something like, you know, so I can imagine, you know, a hockey fan or any a hockey store or someone selling hockey equipment. I mean, if you see hockey genie, genie, you immediately know that, okay, this is something that's, you know, all about hockey and it's great information or great products or whatever. I just think genie is one of those great words that you can append to almost anything and it kind of sounds great um, and has some meaning behind it. Um, so I like that. And then I also, again, from just a marketer's point of view, I like sometimes very straightforward and direct domains. So budgetfence.com is, you know, there's going to be tons of potential uh, uh, buyers for budget fence. And it's, it's probably a very good search term uh, for someone looking for fencing. I've looked for fencing in the past and it can be very expensive. And, and I would certainly be attracted to um, something that said budget fence uh, to get a quote from. So I, I liked that as well as, as a very practical uh, domain with a lot of potential end users in any market you might be in. I, it never even occurred to me actual fencing. I was thinking what a great combination for, you know, all these budgeting apps that are out there, but a fence, it gives you some structure, it holds in what is yours, it kind of connotes like homeownership and your like white picket fence dream. Um, it never even occurred to me to sell fencing. Yeah, I looked at it having, having bought fencing, you know, for property before I looked at it quite literally and oh yeah, budget fence. That, I would have searched for that. I would have, I would have gone to that site to see what their prices were for sure. Yeah. But I think what we found over time as domain investors is that domains that could have two different markets are even more valuable to invest in. So pretty cool. Um, uh, and I just, since I'm already talking, I will throw in there, forget the genie part. Anything that has hockey in it is obviously <laughs> valuable and interesting to everyone, right? Sure, whatever you say it does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Amanda, you're with me, right? Up in Massachusetts. Yes, um, and even though, I actually don't know if the Bruins won or did not last night because- Double overtime, it was a tragedy. They lost. Yeah. Okay. I haven't see this is this is how busy my day has been. I haven't even had a chance to catch up on that with um my husband who was watching that when I went to sleep last night. And it's terrible, but I kind of knew it was a lost cause just by the way the two first um yeah. had gone up until that point. So um you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah, a little while. Yeah. But um sorry, Jeff, thank you. I mean, I think that your marketer's perspective is always so valuable. And you're right, there are some hot words. Um, and Jeannie is one of them. Um, and I think you pointed out some great stuff there. Thank you. Uh, thank Amanda, you. it's all you. Okay. Um, so Recharged was definitely my top choice. I think that that could go to so many different um, industries. I actually have someone who's looking for something in the energy space right now. Um, so I'm keeping my eye on that one. Um, the others that I liked out of this list specifically, um, I was looking at it, you know, obviously from a investor standpoint, but also from an end user um, standpoint. A lot of times we have clients that will come to us that don't really know what they're looking for. They just know that they would like to rebrand um, versus having something incredibly specific in mind. So um, I looked at 
and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Zamia, Z-A-M-I-A.com, um, could lend itself to lots of different um, industries if somebody's looking for a brand. Same thing with radd.com, um, could also lend itself to multiple industries. I mean, clearly you have to spend some money on branding, but um, those were two that I thought were um, decent. And then all the education domains. There's, um, you know, if you are not living under a rock right now, you know that um, many schools are not going physically back to school. Um, and there's lots going on um, in the online education space, um, whether it's Zoom or people creating their own platforms. So art schools, for example. Um, I also actually liked away.org. Um, I think that all of us would love to go away right now. Um, and many of us cannot go away. So I actually even saw that as like a, um, I don't know, like a, a gap year type of situation since all of us, um, you know, could, would love to go away and can't. I keep saying the same thing, but clearly I'm just <laughs> done. Get away. First of all, we're all feeling the same thing. Away.org has more bids right now than any other domain on there, but kind of by far, 84 bids on it. Um, and it's funny you mentioned gap year because, gosh, I don't even know what percentage, but of all my friends who have kids who just graduated this year, I feel like, I mean, normally every year, you know, one or two kids who take a gap year, but this year, I feel like maybe it's like 50%. It's huge. I've heard a lot too. Lots of kids that got into, you know, multiple institutions, really great places, um, have really just decided that if I can't have my full freshman year experience, I'm either going to take classes online, um, maybe not even matriculate to um, the institution that I was going to, but just take some classes, um, get some of my gen ed and prereqs out of the way. And then if and when I can start to travel again, I'm, you know, I'm saying I'm, they are saying they are going to do that. So I think away.org could um, make a great destination um, website for any of these people that are thinking about either right now, if they're ready to launch or future, um, hope, we're not going to have any future pandemics, but I don't think I'm naive enough to think that that's not the case. So um, yeah, I really like the, my two faves are recharged in a way. Very nice. Yeah. I think um, uh, to Jeff's point, um, carrent.com, it kind of looks like when I first saw it, I thought, is that an English dictionary word that I don't know? Carrent? Um, but carrent.com, I think, is a little bit overlooked. It only has nine bids. It's at $530. And I would expect that's going to go a lot higher. Um, oh. um, I, uh, I'm interested to see where a lot of this goes. What do you all think of beseech.com? B-E-S-E-E-C-H.com. Um, that's an interesting one-word domain. What, can you think of any uses for that or any price that, at which you would acquire that? Jeff? You know, it's an old, it's an old word. It's not used very much these days. It's potentially easily misspelled, which I think is a challenge. Um, nothing jumps, jumps at me that I would, um, 
use it for or try or someone I would try to sell it to, to be honest. Okay. All right. How about I beseech you to come up with a better idea? Oh, how about joint.org? I think that talk about a lot of end user different directions you can go with that. What do you think that, do you think that's going to be one to watch? I feel like it is. Amanda? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, there's some very obvious um, use cases, but um, yeah, I mean, I would, I think that's good. I, I can't see what it's at right now. What's the current price on that one? Like what's the top bid? Uh, it's pretty low. Let me look here. 300 bucks. Oh, there's only one bid. Wow. That's, I if you can see who the bidder is. It's, I mean, you know, it's a little bit challenging because you have a, from what I understand from listening to people like Andrew, who are really um, into the, the, the marijuana space, that some of these terms like joint are really not preferred. They're not as professional. So they're not going to be as widely used as, as the more clinical terms. And then you have .org, which is, which is generally perceived as, as a nonprofit. So, and marijuana or joints are definitely not nonprofit. So, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure where, you know, what, what content would you, would, would you put at joint.org is kind of the, what I thought when I was looking at the list earlier and trying to think of what I thought of that name. I feel like it would be less likely used in the cannabis space, although there's a possibility it could be. But I was thinking like chiropractic, medical, or also just kind of community togetherness, a joint venture, joint. Um, I mean, it seems like so much nowadays is moving towards fractional ownership. Yeah, um, but then, then you have like, again, putting sort of my marketer's hat on, when you have a word that has uh, a strong alternate meaning and in today's world, you know, even, even in the old world, you know, joint has that, that marijuana um, meaning also that would be something that someone would have to consider. If I were a chiropractor and I was going to consider, you know, joint.org or whatever, I don't have to also consider, is there a chance it's going to be misinterpreted? Am I going to be sending out a signal that I don't want to send out versus some alternative name I could use that doesn't have that alternative meaning. So I think you have to take those things into consideration too when you're considering a name. I sure appreciate your insights. Thanks. Um, anything else y'all want to touch on in this auction? Are we ready for part number three? We're ready. All right, let's take a moment. We'll hear from our advertisers who support us in our educational mission. So a uh, third section here, uh, where we're really just going to hit on anything you want. Um, what's, I don't have a big structure for it this time, just um, either interesting thoughts on the market. Amanda, you have to tell us something about your two-letter sales. Um, and then let's talk about NamesCon. If you're speaking, if you have something you're looking forward to hearing or learning or interacting, um, let's go through all of that. So Omar, we've gone easy on you, but this time you got to go first. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, so one thing, if you think about our industry, right, um, there are certain common uh, areas that we all, you know, struggle with or find challenging. So for instance, um, contacting hard to reach domain owners, right? Now with GDPR, that's become even more difficult. 
And um, I thought maybe we could touch a little bit about, about this, right? Like how, how do you, I'm sure someone could write a book about how to track down hard to reach domain owners. I mean, right there is something that every domainer in the industry could benefit from, right? Like I would pay a lot of money uh, for that book or course or whatever. So if there's anyone listening out there, here's a business venture for you. Um, I could write that book and I would enjoy it. What are you going to pay? A lot. <laughs> exactly. a lot. A lot. <laughs> All right, um, Amanda, we'll write it together. Omar, um, you can uh, yeah. start the, uh, what, um, not GoFundMe. What am I trying to think of? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so, someone needs to just launch a site like, you know, like the missed connections sites that used to be popular in like classifieds where if you, you know, you saw someone in the subway and you were going to say hello to them and then you, you were scared to and you didn't. And then afterwards, oh, so you post, you were on this, the F train at 7 a.m. on Tuesday wearing a red dress. Um, please reach out to me. So you yeah. can have uh, missed connections for domains where just have a site. I, I love it. Who, who, who are interested in a domain to post it and then people who own domains should look to see if anyone has expressed interest in their in their domains and we could use joint connections there you go all right i'm game let's let's make it happen um seriously though omar that is an ongoing daily challenge for sure um you know i think that there's actually some domain owners that don't even realize that their domain history and um, registration is not available any longer. Um, I have said recently to people who have no idea what it is that I do, they're like, oh, you know, you're involved in domains or whatever. Um, I have said 50% of my job these days seems to be research, like actual hardcore borderline stalking, um, where <laughs> I am going through old records and old um, who is history and trying to politely stalk and find out, you know, are you still the registrant? Um, oh, okay, you're not. Who did you sell it to? You know, you let it drop. Okay, when was that? You know, just double checking that the records that I actually have available to me and our team are accurate and then trying to come up with the best strategy to find that domain owner. Um, it took me almost six months to track down one owner. Um, and I had a really decent offer for, for this owner. And by the time he finally got back to me, we had moved on with something else. And it's always those, like, as Jeff said, like a missed connection. It's almost heartbreaking because the offer that I had for this particular gentleman, um, was going to be pretty meaningful to his family. Um, and it was absolutely a misconnection. So, you know, I don't, I don't try to get into a lot of the, the behind the scenes policies of why, um, you know, why we can't contact these owners anymore. Um, but I think, I think they're, you know, whether they're in California or not in California, or whether they're in the, wherever they, you know, may be, because I have heard that from some of the registrars, like, well, this was a privacy policy that was put into place in California. Um, I don't know. I think that if somebody could come up with a way to, to make this, again, visible for everyone and useful for everyone, um, I think there are a lot of missed opportunities here um, within the domain industry.
Yeah. And, and, and it's a shame too, because those opportunities actually could help raise the image of the industry too, because I've had prior to all these changes in privacy, like I have a friend, she's, she's a PR person and she was always bragging about the story where she owned a domain and she won, they got a $40,000 offer. And to your point, Amanda, you know, just suddenly a windfall of $40,000 is pretty significant, you know, for just about anyone except Andrew, maybe. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so, so those types of stories you don't hear anymore. And those stories were actually kind of good, you know, good vibe for the industry where just anyone could, wow, I had this idea, didn't turn out, but I was able to sell the domain for, for a decent amount of money. And you don't really hear those stories anymore because now you have to really be so active in listing your domain and, and getting it out there. And you're not going to just randomly get that experience anymore. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Yeah. So Amanda, is it storytelling time? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're, we're definitely not going to say the exact price. We very rarely do. I know a lot of people think that it helps our industry to talk about, um, you know, sale prices. And while I, I do agree that it helps sellers, I don't think it's always a great idea for um, buyers. So we did um, recently after a very, very, very long negotiation, um, our client did sell to twoletter.coms, um, MR and FM. Um, and they were, I think, very solid prices. Um, they were not, that we know of, they have not been transferred to an end user yet, um, but they were, I've sold other twoletter.coms to end users um, over the past few years as well. And these prices were really, really strong. Um, okay, hang on. So you sold MR.com and also FM.com um, on behalf of an investor who's, I assume, owned them for a very long time. But when you say they haven't transferred to an end user, you're saying they sold to two different buyers who are no, investors same. as well? Same buyer um, within China. Um, Omar hit the nail on the head. The um, investor market um, for twoletter.coms. Um, not so much threeletter.coms that I've seen again recently. Definitely numerics. Um, there are buyers um, who are investors who are paying um, very good prices right now. Um, this was a very, very long and strong <laughs> negotiation. Um, and at the end of the day, the seller decided that um, they were ready to, um, you know, let these two go for, for this price. Okay. All right. Yes, uh, I want to jump in with this uh, relating to China. I have a story for that. Um, okay. So so this industry, in this industry to succeed, I think you have to really hustle, right? Like you got to make things happen. Um, Nothing is just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. I, I think domainers are vastly underestimating the opportunities to sell premium domains in China, into China. So uh, let me give you an example. Um, I have a domainer friend of mine on uh, multiforce.com who shared this story with me. Uh, he just recently sold uh, a one-word generic.com uh, for seven figures to a company in China. 
And what's interesting was uh, how he went about that. So a lot of you probably use LinkedIn to contact people. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, I use it myself. Um, it's a great way to reach high-level executives uh, through their LinkedIn recruiter um, you know, uh, tool. Uh, so what he did was uh, he researched a bunch of big end-user companies for that uh, particular name. And he just did simple out outreach and he literally used Google Translate to send the messages. And then when things got beyond that point that he could use Google Translate, he hired a, a Chinese tutor to translate and negotiate on his behalf. And the whole process, you know, it took months, but it just shows you in this industry, you know, you got to make it happen. You know, you got to hustle, you got to uh, go where the money is. And right now, there's a lot of money in China, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, um, if you have premium domains, I, I would highly recommend um, being aggressive about selling into China. And Amanda, were those long? That's a great um, uh, point, Omar. So that makes me want to ask you, Amanda, um, were those long-standing relationships you had in China as you reached out? Were they um, just new connections from your research? This is someone who I've um, worked with for a number of years. Um, and these were assets that um, she had been interested in for a number of years and um, took a long time to get to the um, prices that the, the seller ultimately wanted to achieve. Okay, all right. And is, um, I mean, I would say that's typical, right? For the Chinese market, you really, if you want to sell in that market, you need someone who has some depth. You need a, um, a broker with some uh, long stand. Like it's not like Joe Schmo, new domainer who somehow comes across a two letter.com is going to be able to. Um, yeah, I think that two letter.coms in general, you know, as we were talking about before, um, a lot of them are in the Chinese market, but a lot of them are being used um, in, in globally, in, in global markets. I mean, I mean, look at um, AA.com, UA.com, there's just AO.com, um, AW.com, there's, there's tons. Um, wm.com i'm just like going through my my knowledge base of you know some of the ones that i've sold some of the ones that are in use um ae.com there's just there's so many uses but as we were saying before and when jeff was talking about nd.club there are so many companies that could use these two letter.coms or two character.coms um in general, that they can be used as acronyms and shorteners. And there's many, many times in a day where um, just in, in human interaction and language that we shorten um, two words, or we might, we, we just do it all the time. So I think that if a smart and savvy marketer can think about, um, think about these domains in a meaningful way, and I think also during the pandemic, you know, some of the things that we've been saying on behalf of our seller clients is, okay, 
we're talking to retailers. We're talking to companies that have been in retail, hard physical retail space for years and years and years. That entire market is being completely disrupted because there is no face-to-face -face commerce going on right now. Um, especially, even if, well, I'm, I'm not gonna get into like a whole debate about this, but you're wearing a mask, you wanna try on clothing, you, even if you are in Nordstrom and you have um, a personal shopper who's helping you, they don't wanna be in your space anymore. You don't want them in your space anymore. Even if this is somebody that you have a longstanding relationship with. So my, um, my rationale in a lot of these domain um, sales processes is really about, okay, what were you spending on physical real estate? Oh, wow. Okay, great. You're spending $80,000 a month to carve out that tiny little footprint that you have in, you know, downtown Seaport, Boston, wherever it is. Let's think about ways to get you back up and running, connecting with your audience, connecting with your consumer, and let's do that in a meaningful way online. Here's this amazing domain to do that with. Beautifully said. I think that if people can start to think about domains as physical assets the way that they've thought about real estate and i know a lot of domainers don't like the comparison of real estate but i think it's something that end users can really wrap their heads around and say oh wait i'm no longer paying for that space maybe i can borrow a little bit from over here and put it into practice by acquiring this domain to continue to connect with my audience Oh, that's yeah. a great point, Amanda. And I think that, uh, you know, all premium sales, you know, we're fortunate to be in an industry that is digital. So we've been less affected um, by the pandemic than other industries. You know, I have a, a son who's a chef and a daughter who's an event planner, and they've both been out of work for, you know, coming up on five and a half months now. But um, the businesses that now have to think about how do they take their business online? How do they convert? they need to suddenly make their mark online. So for them, the value of a quality premium name, the value of a one word or a keyword domain, regardless of the extension, is so important to them now because they're, they're starting from you know, behind if they hadn't focused on online before. So getting that domain, even if it's something that they use for marketing and it's not their normal website that they've always had because they didn't pay much attention to it, but now they need a name that's gonna get attention and drive traffic to their newly enhanced online aspect of their business. So it's, it's a great opportunity for people selling domains, but it's also a great opportunity for businesses that are coming online or expanding their online presence to think about getting the best domain to drive attention and drive traffic to them in this new world because it's not and it's not going to stop you know the future in my opinion is hybrid right none of these businesses that are suddenly expanding their online services or takeout or they're not going to go back in time to 100 percent how they were before they're going to continue their online business and there'll be a hybrid model where their customers will choose whether they want to go into the doctor's office or do it via telemedicine, and they're going to have to live in this hybrid future. So all these online changes and improvements are going to continue, which is, I think, good news for anyone in the domain industry. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And about real estate, I feel like um, we deal with such different levels of understanding of domain names and domain name values. We deal with people who see no value in them, people who kind of get something all the way up to ourselves, who it's our whole livelihood and we know uh, domains make bank. 
But um, I think it's not a matter of not liking the real estate comparison. It's that the real estate comparison is the first step. And a lot of end users are only, they still struggle to even see that. And you can't get someone from zero to a hundred. But then, then there's a fullness to domain name values that's far beyond just a real estate comparison. Um, but I don't think it's either or. I think it's part of people, um, you know, the, the general public slowly understanding an industry that's, you know, um, not super old. Jeff, I think the I think the way that Amanda presented though is really interesting and, and very astute because right now actually because of the pandemic that real estate analogy is more powerful because it's the physical spaces that now have to think about online real estate because the physical can't be used so it's really poignant um, relative to when we used to always use that analogy you know now it's real because you can't go physical so you must go online for many businesses i wholeheartedly agree and i'm trying to say to anyone who's closed-minded or thinks you know the real estate analogy is wrong it's not black or white it's an important piece of the puzzle especially right now so let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. let's this is our moment to get everyone to this level of understanding the real estate comparison and then for the next five years we can work on getting them to understand beyond that. So we got this. Um, well, well uh, um, let me add one thing to that, which is another analogy I think is uh, domains is like rare art. So for instance, uh, you could have a one word generic.com and let's say you contact a thousand companies and um, whatever offers you get are all, let's say around you know, 10,000 or 20,000, but there's one offer, which is like 100,000, right? Like it's the, the value a particular name could have to one company or one person is immeasurable. So take omar.com for instance, you know, I mean, that name was worth a lot to me, but to the majority of people, it's a fraction of what it would be worth to me, right? So uh, I like the to include the rare art analogy because um, there could be any number of reasons why for that particular person, it's invaluable. And I think part of it, part of it too, there is an emotional connection to a name, uh, just like, again, to use real estate again, but some houses, you know, two different people can look at the same house and one sees it as a dump and one sees it as their dream home and it's the same house. So it's going to have more value to the person who sees it as their dream home. And the same with domains, you know, there are just certain names that they click you see it, you love the way it sounds, it fits your business or your vision for your business and, and you just fall in love with that name. And that's gonna put you in a position to be willing to spend more than someone else would where it just doesn't, they don't have that same emotional connection to the name. Yeah. Well, and, and adding to what Jeff is saying, like if you think about the recent sale of voice.com for 30 plus million dollars to block one, um, what would be the number two company that would pay for that, right? Like. I don't think it would even be maybe not even a million, right? Like what the, look at the difference between 30 plus million and whatever, what you would imagine the number two company to be. It would be huge. So I, I think that's another good example. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I also have vision for those type of investments, um, you know, whether it's 1 million 
or whether it's 30 million. Um, I think that the end user who's going to spend, I would even put it over 500,000, an end user that's going to spend more than $500,000 on a domain name um, really has to have a vision um, for it, whether it's today or they're adding it to their roadmap for development further down the line, they have to have a vision, which I think ties into Jeff's point about emotional attachment. And I think that's why there are so many names that have positive connotation and could cross over into other industries and voice would absolutely be one of those. Um, you know, in today's, in today's everyday life, a voice means so many different things to so many different people. If I were to say to somebody who's in their late teens, early 20s, you know, what would you do with voice.com? It would be very different than what I think perhaps I would do with voice.com or maybe even any of us on this call. It, it just has a different meaning and different vision to the end user. So I think that was a great one, Omar. For, for well, I have, a, I have an interesting question for the panel. So. Uh, just a thought experiment. Um, how long, if at all, do you think it would be before we see a publicly reported $100 million domain name sale? Mm. I, um, I personally think that one, I mean, if you're talking just raw domains, there's, you know, there's the charts that everybody has that say like this was this and this was that. And there's, there's, there's some on there that I have been personally involved with and I'm like, that is so not right. But you just sit there and think like, okay, if people think that's what it's sold for. Um, I think it, if we're talking just one asset and it's just the domain name for a hundred. Just the domain name, just the domain name. And, and, and not even equity, like cash, because equity is like arguably very subjective, right? Yeah. Um, Five to seven years. I don't. I don't think it's going to be this year. That's um, my personal opinion. I hope it's this year. That'd be amazing. And whoever does that, like, hats off to them. Um, it would be a nice commission, right? Ten percent. <laughs> yeah. It would be. It would also be a wonderful story to be able to tell to all of these other potential end user buyers um, who can't wrap their head around why. Like, if that happens, it would be amazing to have there be. A, a back and forth conversation between buyer, seller, broker, consultant, whoever works on it, um, to really understand the why of why that happened and how. Well, adding to what you're saying, I mean, I, there's no question there are plenty of companies that could afford it. I mean, you know, Apple is at two trillion. I mean, some of these tech companies have hundreds of billions of dollars in cash. Uh, and then you have all these countless unicorns in China and so on and so forth. And then, you know, from what I've read, 88.com just sold for 50 million. And then adding to the mix, I would say there's no one here that could, you know, say with certainty that we already haven't had that, right? I mean, it, you know, it could have already happened for all we know. But in terms of when we will read about that, you know, I, I agree with your time frame, well, in five to seven years. Yeah, how do we look at, you know, the very most valuable domains that have sold in the vaguely recent past, you know, voice.com, 88.com, um, you know, certainly for me, x.com comes to mind, um, you know, 
we're, um, it'll be interesting to see five to seven years, Amanda. I like that timeline. I think it's realistic. I mean, you know a lot more about it than I do, but. Well, I don't know. You just said X.com. So maybe it already happened. Oh, um, I have no comment. I now am kicking myself. So, um, Jeff, what are you looking forward to at NamesCon? Uh, NamesCon, okay. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's interesting and I've, I've attended a lot of um, virtual events in the past few months. And it's really been interesting to see the variety. Some, you know, I thought that Paige did a great job with his uh, domain show from a content perspective. It was really terrific content. And, and, you know, one of the advantages of having a virtual show is that anyone can come from anywhere in the world without travel constraints. So you can get a much broader group of speakers. And I think the agenda for NamesCon is looking really great. Um, I've been to a show recently um, where Doc Club, we had a virtual booth and it literally was a virtual booth that we designed and, and, and you know, you click on the flyer, on the, you click on the poster and it pops up to the PDF that the people in the booth can download and you can chat with the people in the booth. And this particular platform that was used by this conference was trying to sort of recreate a more actual feel where there was an exhibit hall and, and you can go up to the virtual booth and they were visually, you know, like a booth. Um, you know, I'm not sure, I think, I think, you have to focus on one thing or the other, networking or content. So we'll see how the mix goes at Namescon, Namescon, but I'm sure they'll do a great job. I mean, they have got tremendous experience. The lineup looks great. The auction we've already talked about. Um, so I, you know, I always look forward to Namescon and, and I look forward to it virtually as much as I would look forward to it in person. Obviously there's certain aspects of it that can't uh, be recreated. Um, but then the other things, it might be easier. What I found about the virtual conferences I've attended so far, and I think NamesCon will be a similar situation, in some respects, it can be easier to track down and have a conversation with the specific person you're looking for. Because unlike going into a crowded exhibit hall or through the hotel lobbies trying to look for someone, you can literally see in many of these cases, you know, who's online, you can chat with them and you sort of tap them on the shoulder via chat. Um, to engage with them. So some aspects of it like that are, are actually possibly better than uh, a live show where you might spend four days and still never come across the particular person you were hoping to meet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I look forward to it. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think we all do. Uh, thank you for being so generous with your time. Uh, Omar, welcome to the gang. Uh, well done. Uh, delight to have each one of you. We'll see you all next time. Thank you, Tess. Really enjoyed it. Thank Hi. you, Tess. Thanks, Omar. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks. Bye.